Two True Freaks would like to dedicate this episode with most sincere admiration and respect to Tony DiZaniga, who passed away earlier in the month. He was an outstanding artist, inker, storyteller, and, by all accounts, just a genuinely good and fine human being, and he will be sorely missed. And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Okay, let's get this show on the road, gang. These freaks are dedicated, hardworking people. I'm Batman. Whoever holds this hammer, if he be worthy, shall possess the power of Thor. This looks like a job for Superman. We have a Hulk. Gentlemen, you're up. And now, Michael Bailey, Scott Gardner, and Chris Honeywell. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Comics Monthly Monday, right here at Two True Freaks. I am Michael Bailey, and with me, I have Chris Honeywell. Hey. And not so much sitting at Death's door, but playing handball on Death's stoop, we have with us Scott Gardner. <laughs> You're not far off, my friend. How's it going? Say, I was going to say more like quivering on Death's door. <laughs> I was poking fun, Scott, but uh, seriously, how you doing? I, I, don't, I don't mean to, to make light of... Of, of of you doing well besides not feeling well tonight. So uh, I'm I'm doing all right. I'm just I'm yeah I'm not feeling well. I I had a feeling this was this was coming. So I'm still on the third shift, and it's it's quite honestly it's just kind of kicking my ass. You never really get used to it. I don't think. No. You know, working the third shift. Well, and... I take that back because I got really used to it when I was like 21. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> nowadays, it's a, it's a different story. I mean, i got to work an overnight tomorrow, so that's going to be interesting. When, you, when you're 21, you could be switching from A shift to B shift to C shift, partying, having sex with your girlfriend, and going to school all at the same time and not have it mess you up. And, yeah. and, then, and then, like, every three months, just sleep for 24 hours. But <laughs> once you get to codger level, like Scott and I... That's and me getting tough. Yeah. I'm yeah, there I, with you, brothers. I look at you at just sub codger level. You're just, you're just snapping, level. <laughs> snapping, at our, snapping at our heels or gumming at our heels, more like. I do have that chipped tooth, so. <laughs> so what has everybody got uh, comic book-wise? We haven't done one of these in a while, so we haven't really gotten to catch no. up with. Uh, I know, yeah. We've with been what off. everyone's been buying and stuff. We've been off format for quite a while here. Um yeah. Well, even even with all that time, I have very little <laughs> comic book like news. Except, man, here if you if you um, 
if you follow Walking Dead in, in monthly comic book form, or it's every three weeks now lately form, uh, get out there and get them, because if you don't get them, if you don't scarfle them up, they become pretty expensive really quick. I had to, I, I've pre-ordered up to number 100 now just because I don't get to the comic shop as often as I, I wanted to. I actually did something that I never do. I pre-ordered up to 100, and with issue 100, I get all nine. I think there's nine variant covers of them. One of them's a Todd McFarlane cover for Walking what is it Dead. A- what is it? A zombie standing, sitting in the Spider-Man number one pose, and like a crouch I, with something falling off. I don't know. I think a couple of them are going to end up being prizes, or uh, maybe Walking Dead Wednesdays, and all the rest of them will go on eBay except for whatever the normal cover is. That's the one I, I just want a comic with the story in it and the normal cover, and. But I don't want to miss any in between because I missed 94 and 95 and I had to order them off eBay and I'm embarrassed about how much it costs and how and what a battle it was to, you know, battling with people over them and, and looking at the prices of the first Michonne issue is like is going for like 160 bucks plus. And that's not for in its in a impenetrable plastic sleeve either. That's just like issues that people have laying around that they're like it's in great shape, you know. Hmm. So it's. Well, I've, been, uh, I've been trying to come up with a way that I could, uh, you know, find. I, I've been trying to find something in my collection that it, it wouldn't, you know, bring me to tears to to part with to try to come up with some extra money for uh, Star Wars Celebration. I think I just might sell off my paper issues of Walking Dead. That would de- that could definitely fund a, a, your Star Wars Star Wars celebration. Yeah, and and the only other comic book news, uh, except for that, has to do with. Uh, um, I'll, I'll probably cover it. I'll definitely cover it more in depth on the Funny Book Underground because Johnny Bueno is the one who provided this. But I finally completed my Dan O'Neill comics collection so i've got all the dan o'neill comics and stories and i have all three of the air pirates comics nice infamous air pirates comics and for once in my life those those mystical like collector's items you know not necessarily something really valuable or or something although i did pay pay a relative pretty penny i didn't pay a pretty penny for what the, the the comics are worth but for what i usually pay for comics but I've been looking for the, I've been wanting to read these all my life ever since I heard about this since I was a little kid and for once it was worth it they were better than I thought they were um they're fantastic they're fantastic comic books they're they deserve their legendary status and their and all the trouble they got into they earned it <laughs> so that that's made that's made me very happy to finally get to read those and to not be like, eh, <laughs> that was okay. I waited thirty five years to read that, uh, but not the case. But more on that in in the next funny book underground, underbelly, whatever the hell the name of I don't can't keep track of all them goddamn podcasts. 
<laughs> but that's about all I got for. Uh, I look forward to that because uh, I, I finally got around to listening to the last one that you guys did, and I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought it was a really good episode. You would enjoy Stick Boy Comics, and that was Johnny Bueno was pretty much in the state that you're in right now for that one. So hopefully I'll have him more revved up for the next one. <laughs> and the ne- the next one's Peter Bag, so I'm looking forward to that. I love love me some Peter Bag. But yeah, I imagine I imagine you guys have much more interesting and insightful um, comic. Oh, really? You go next, Scott. <laughs> Me? Yeah. Um well, this is so weird because, you know, most of our, of our other shows, you know, if you listen to every show, then you kind of get the big picture, you know, as I, as I kind of like to think of our show, you know, because we don't, you know, even though we, we sort of segregate the shows, you know, by, by Star Wars and Star Trek and all that, you know, if you listen to all of the shows, then there's kind of an ongoing narrative underneath, you know, that's kind of telling <laughs> our lives, basically. <laughs> The super but, nerdy narrative that, yeah, that exactly. runs through it. But Back to the Bins is going to be all out of order. So, you know, in a Back to bin, back to the Bins that, you know, that the listeners won't actually hear for probably a couple weeks yet, you know, you and, and Paul and I were talking about free comic book days. So I was going to mention that, but then I was thinking, well, you know, we already kind of talked about that. But the, the thing is, is that um, we were talking about it, and then we went off on a tangent, and I never got to kind of finish my story, is that I actually went to two comic shops, and the other one that I went to, um, George Perez was appearing there. So I got to see him briefly. I didn't get to talk to him or anything, because the line was crazy long. Did but you it was tell just, his uh, handler to go F off? Actually, he didn't, he didn't seem to have one. It was him okay. and two other guys, and the other guys I didn't recognize. I don't know who they were. I, I don't know if they were local artists or if they were just, you know... I'm not really, you know, up on on the latest new comic people, so I, I really don't know who they were. But it was cool just seeing him there. You know, I mean, here he was, you know, at the local mall, and I thought, well, you know, I mean, how, you know, kind of weird and and surreal is that, you know? But it was maybe, cool. Maybe he doesn't get paid as much for those appearances, so he can't afford a handle, or maybe the cons, you can afford to have a, or maybe the cons even provide a handler i doubt it though yeah I, i'm not sure how that works exactly i imagine it's somebody he hires because i i that's if i had a handler that's what i would want i wouldn't want some random person you know i'd rather have somebody i hired in my trusted thug <laughs> well I, I say handler but i mean i got the impression it was you know more than likely you know it was like a family member or right you know something like that i, I really you know i really don't know weird uncle benny or whatever <laughs> But, Screw uh, you, Betty! <laughs> but it was really cool seeing him there. And uh, it was just neat to see, you know, for the first time in a long time, massive crowds at a comic book shop, you know? Right. I can't, I can't remember, you know, that many people in a comic shop for, for one thing since probably, like, say, like, the Death of Superman issue or something like, you know, some huge, huge event, you know? So it was really neat to see, you know, a fully packed comic shop, you know, where they had special things going on. You know, they had, uh, you know, R2 was there and stuff like that. So I thought that was really cool. But uh, recently, I had a a, a big, um, 
I guess you would really qualify it as, as a life-changing moment. Um, I was actually thinking those exacts. I'm like, is he going to say life-changing moment? Yeah, it was. I was thinking. It was. It definitely it was, was. For me, it was a, you know, it was a, it was a, it's a big deal. It was a, it was a step in a whole different direction. You're from, taking your first step into a larger <laughs> yeah, world. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> very much so. Um I uh, I officially closed out my comic box at uh, at my LCS. I uh, you know I say I closed it out, but I will be getting a couple things still just until they get to a point. Here's the thing: if you guys ever close out your comic box, you know don't be a dick about it. Don't just like abandon them or anything like that. I mean, I've known so many people over the years that have run a comic shop and have horror stories of people that just simply never came back and you know they they get stiffed with that stuff you know a lot of times unless they're like yeah a major comic shop that you know keeps extra copies up on the wall and can really move product and stuff can, if, if can you absorb just, that yeah. yeah if you're just going to like a mom and pop shop or you know these days i mean a lot of shops even the what used to be huge big name places a lot of them are struggling you know, if you're if you have a pull list there, more than likely they're ordering extra copies specifically for you. So if you decide, you know what, I'm I'm getting out of this or whatever, don't be a dick. Don't just abandon them because that really hurts that shop. You know, be be courteous. Let them know what you're doing and try well, to work with them. And uh, I tell you what, the the guy, you know, as much as he told me you know, he really hated to see me do it and everything, he he was falling all over himself thanking me that I didn't just abandon them and that I was actually working with them going, look, you know, I think the story arc for what I'm, you know, for this title is going to end at this is at this number, so you know, make this number the last. I mean, he really seemed to appreciate that that I was working with them to make sure that they weren't going to get stuck with anything because I was canceling my box, you know, and I, and I, you know, it made me feel good too because I I do feel bad, you know, that you know, I won't, you know, be be buying any more comics there, you know, as far as the new stuff, but it's just simply came down to economics. I just I I can't afford it anymore and I I just don't want to afford it anymore. They're just too damn expensive. I want to take my comic dollars and really apply it to back issues, you know, and and really start beef, beefing up, you know, and filling in holes, you know, and in, in the older stuff. That's really where my so passion good. for paper, you know, lies. <laughs> Yeah, paper passion. Yeah, I'm sorry, Mike. You had started to to, to make a point. I said that's what she said. No, I, before that. <laughs> uh, no, I was saying that's quite if, a point, though. If you or if you have two titles, it's not as big of a deal, right? I mean, if you if you like get two books a month, that, that's not going to be something that they that's something that they can probably absorb rather easily, right? You know, throw back throw back on the thing. But if you get like twenty titles a month. And they've ordered three months ahead. Yeah, you're a dickhead if you just abandon them. Yeah, and a lot of people do it. You know, a lot, a lot of you know people that sometimes that have been you know a faithful customer for years and years and years. They they do that. They just you know for whatever reason I don't know if they're embarrassed or or whatever. But instead of working lazy shop, you know, they just simply never come back. And then you know this poor comic shop gets stuck. You know, with with sometimes you know hundreds of dollars worth of stuff that. They just have to eat, you know, that they, they can't necessarily, you know, have any chance of moving or whatever. So I'll uh, say but, it. They're cowards. To, <laughs> to be Back. fair, when Titans closed, I had kind of a substantial box going on uh, that because I had just gotten behind. But to be fair, they closed on me. I didn't 
Right. I didn't abandon them, so I don't feel as bad uh, as as I normally would in that situation. Because yeah, if, if it was just me leaving, I would feel awful. If it was just uh, you know, if I left a huge box behind, so yeah, it's the, I totally know what you're talking about there. But uh, so people may be wondering. So all right, so why did I close out my box? Well, the the reason I closed it out is uh, for a while now I've been getting some uh, some messages behind the scenes from uh, you know from some of our listeners and some of my friends in uh, in the comics community. And just kind of some advice on, you know, for quite a while now, for quite some time, I've been going on and on about, you know, why doesn't somebody invent, you know, the little Star Trek, you know, pad doohickey that, you know, I can read my comics on. And it turns out that, you know, I I haven't been keeping up with, you know, the latest advancements in, in that sort of thing. I've just been kind of, basically, I've been waiting for somebody to tell me, hey, you know, that thing you keep bitching about, it exists. Well, people started writing me and saying just that, that very thing. So started doing my homework and looking around, and uh, and sure enough, you know, the, the technology is out there depending on, basically depending on the reader that you want, you know, the, the type of experience that you want. And what I really wanted, the, the type of experience I was most looking for was, you know, a, a pad that was comparable in size to an actual, you know, a standard comic book page, so that I didn't feel like I was losing anything in the trans, you know, the transition from paper to digital. That was my my biggest criteria. But also, you know, when I had been reading digital comics just on the computer, um, I was reading them with uh, with a, a program called C Display, and I just wanted something that would function pretty much like that, but on a on a, on a handheld reader, so I could just lay in bed and digitally turn the pages, you know, flip through a comic, and you know, just like I had been doing on the computer, but you know, with the convenience of being able to Wherever take it here, you there, and everywhere, yeah. And sure enough, you know, the the thing exists. So, you know, I looked around at different things and. Uh, for a while, I was kind of sold on the uh, the Nook. The, that uh, the Nook. I, I'm not sure if what else it's called. I just know that the brand name it's is an, the it, Nook. It's a Nook. They they have the Nook and the Nook tablet, basically. Yeah, and and that's the one I was kind of sold on. Um, but then uh, my wife kept looking at the iPad too because she wanted to be able to do you know more stuff than just you know what I you know because all I wanted it for was a comic reader that was it that's all I need the thing to do is just read my comics on it I don't care about all the other bells and whistles but she was like you know if we're gonna do this you know I'd like to be able to do you know this that and the other on it so we were looking at that and then once I got to playing around with that and got used to the screen size on that then I couldn't go back to the nook you know so it was a vast difference in price, but for all the bells and whistles that she wanted, you know, it kind of worked. Plus that, you know, again that screen size. So basically, the screen size on this one is it's I, I consider it to be you know completely comparable with um, like those uh, omnibuses that Dark Horse is putting out for like the yep. Star Wars and Indiana Jones material. Where it's just slightly smaller than a standard comic size. I mean, it's just a little bit reduced from that. And it's great. I, I love the thing. I've loaded it up with just gigs and gigs and gigs of comics. And I tell you what, I have read more comics on this thing in just a couple of weeks that I've had it than I've probably read in the past six months, maybe even a year. Because I, for some reason, I can blow through comics 
so much faster in the digital format, being able to carry it here, there, and everywhere than I can with, you know, with paper comics. You know, because for one thing, I've always been very, you know, anal retentive with my paper comics. You know, I don't take them to certain places and, you know, I always fret about, you know, are they going to get wet or are they going to get wrinkled or whatever, you know, whereas this thing, you know, it's, it's a tablet, you know, you can take it wherever you want to, you know, with, you know, within reason and you don't have in to the worry shower, about it. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much in the shower, but, um, but I, I both wanted to say thank you to everyone that had been writing me to, to let me know that, Hey, you know, this, this exists and, you know, here's what to look for. And I really got some great advice from people. But also, it was funny that as soon as I, you know, went on the forum and went on Facebook and stuff and started posting going up, oh, you know, I, I, I took the plunge, I went digital, it seemed like everybody started coming out of the woodwork and going, oh, yeah, you know, I've had one of those and I've had this program for like two years. And I'm like, where the hell were all these people? What I kept saying, I wanted to go digital and why doesn't the technology exist? Most it's like, people are lurkers, man. Yeah, yeah, you can't expect them all to answer answer all your questions. There's a million people asking them questions every day. <laughs> it was just funny, though, that as soon as I went digital, then all of a sudden it was like, you know, I don't want to call anybody out, but there was so many people that came forward going, oh, yeah, you know, I've had that program for like a year I, or, or better now. And yeah, I love it. And it's like, uh, okay, why is, didn't you say something? You know, I've I've been lusting after an iPad for, for two years. Two, I didn't really lust after until I got the iPod Touch. And now it's it just cracks me up hearing that you have an iPad and you only want it for comic books because there's just... That that thing is almost that thing is almost like your all-purpose digital instrument for whatever you want to. Even like you can get like digital musical instruments on it that are almost like magical in their awesomeness. And the well, games, I, you know, the games, Scott. If you put games on it, your kids are never no, gonna. No, see, that's the thing. I don't. I don't want to have it. I don't want to. I don't want to pollute it up with you know, fill it up with like games and all that. But you know, two things I do want to do that I just. I haven't gotten around to it yet, but I will eventually. Is I, I want to be able to um, to use it to read books, you know, actual prose books. Oh yeah. Oh. And, um, and you know, like my my phone. I have. I, I got. I recently upgraded. You know, we got the free upgrade through our our provider. And uh, so, what, I, what phone did you get? So I know which one to it's get. It's an Android, have... but I couldn't tell you what model. I I'll, I'll have to research it and let you know yeah. which model it is. But I I love the thing because I was just. Laying in bed, fooling around with it, you know, because I was using it for, you know, music and stuff. And I I don't know how I chanced across it, but I found out that I can actually talk to my hard drives on my computer that are all the way at the other end of the house. So I can actually tap into my hard drives and I can watch any movie that's on my hard drive or listen to any music that's on my hard drives from my phone. And that's just, I, I'm blown away by that. I, it just, I mean, it may seem like a simple thing to other people, but to me it was like, I, I cannot believe that I can do this. It's awesome. So now Welcome the, to the 21st yeah, century, it, Mr. It Gardner. It's great. I love it. So I want to be able to do that with the iPad now, you know, be able to watch movies laying in bed and watch movies that are on my hard drives, you know, at the other end of the house over the wireless network. I think that, I just, I love it. it it's totally awesome, so... Well, it's also it's also very easy to pop. You just have to get movies in the M- MP4 format, I think. Right. And uh, but they're all, you know they're all over the place, so you can, it's always easy to pop movies in there. That's how I made my whole last bus trip to 
to and from Orlando tolerable watching movies on my <laughs> iPod Touch. Little MP4s. I watched Jonah Hex in MP4. I'm sorry. Well, the big thing now for me <laughs> is that my, you know, now I'm, I'm starting to, I'm really starting to take a hard, long look around this comic room and, and starting to kind of think about what might be the future of the of the paper issues but more on that later when i when i have more of a solid idea whether you know whether that's just a a passing fancy or whether i might actually start divesting myself of some of this stuff because i'm telling you i thought the transition to digital would be really tough and i'm finding that no it's not tough at all I actually it's not tough it and it's only going to get it's only going to get better as time goes on probably like very quickly yeah so although really how much better can you get you know i mean there's only so you know once you get close enough to a comic you don't really have to fix a wheel you know that much I, i'm sure they'll they'll probably jigger around with you know, moving comics and with limited yeah, animation see, like they used to do, but that stuff's usually cheesy. Yeah, I don't need any of that, you know. It's like 3D, you know. It's like, uh, okay, it's nice as a novelty every once in a while, but... But, uh, you know, listeners can go to uh, Facebook and uh, and look at my pictures. I took a whole bunch of pictures, you know, screenshots, basically, using the the comic reader program that that i'm now using on there so you can get an idea of what i'm talking about and you know if you're ever thinking about going digital you know this is a nice little demo of exactly how i did it and and what i think of it so you can see for yourself but that's all i got what do you got mike um you see that's uh, it's it's so weird there's been so long that we talk about it and i picture mike bailey is like having like not going, um, I, I picture you having like 5,000 comics piled behind <laughs> you since the last time we talked. Um, Am I wrong? Uh, well, not really. Uh, maybe a little bit. Um, I, I've just, I just got to a really weird point over the last couple of months where I, I gave the new 52 as much of a shot as I could. Tried the Batman titles. I tried Green Lantern. I tried Flash. Not for me. Not for me at all. Um, sticking with Superman just because I love the character that much. And I'm buying Hulk titles because I love the character that much. Uh, but I just, I've just gotten to the point where my new comics purchases are so small that it is pretty much back issues that I'm focusing on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of depressing, but at the same time, I'm really tired tonight because I'm running on four hours of sleep, So and I worked all day. So... <laughs> So I always get a little emotional and weepy uh, when I Aww. when I when I do such uh, when I do such things. I uh, thought that was just because you were a girl. Ah, uh, well, I borrowed your training bra. So <laughs> I Aww, jackass. <laughs> um, I went to. Got, a, <laughs> at least we're not tired enough to insult each other. That's you know. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, things that have happened lately, I um. I've been reading through the the Essential Hulk Volume One because now I'm on Pad Smash and Incredible Hulk podcast, and I was trying to catch up. That's some weird shit. <laughs> when you get like even from right from the beginning, that title is all over the place, and when it gets to Tales to Astonish, even though it has more of a format, for like three months it was trying to be a soap opera. Like it billed itself as the only soap opera in comicdom, 
and now I want to do like dramatizations of the of the dialogue and all that with bad soap opera music in the background. Ah, <laughs> that explains the yeah, cryptic that, email I got. Yes, exactly. Yes, it does. Expect that on views from the long box. Um, so that was fun. In fact, I was I went camping with my wife, and we went camping for the first time in my life. Thirty six years old. I decide now is the time to go camping. Do you like and, camping now? Uh, actually, I rather enjoyed it. We just need a bigger tent. Um, I want a tent I can stand up in, basically. Yes, yes, uh, that's nice. J- just for sheer comfort, and I need to get a better air mattress because my back killed me for three days after we got home. It's like, hard. You have to spend money to get a good air mattress. Or yeah. Just yeah. So, um, but other than that, it was fun. I mean, the weather was great. It was cold as fuck at night, uh, but there was usually a fire, and you know, I was sitting around the campfire, and people are mm-hmm. some, you know, one guy's playing the guitar, they're cooking burgers. I mean, it, it was just a really fun time. But there I am in the North Georgia mountains, and yes, there was banjo music at one point mm-hmm. because. Uh, the guy who his band it's this uh, cover band called reactor um uh played there because he's part of this group that my wife is a part of uh and now i'm a part of too and uh he had something on his guitar that could make it sound like other instruments and uh-huh so i'm sitting there i'm in the north georgia mountains right north georgia mountains i, I want to stress that and all of a sudden, I hear the the dulcet tones of banjo music, and I slow slowly start edging towards the tent where my keys were, because I wanted to be able to run if I really had to, like pick <laughs> Rachel up and get the fuck out of there before the hillbillies take over and rape us all. Come on, squeal, squeal. <laughs> but it was just really weird i'm in the middle of nature it's beautiful in the mountains and i'm sitting there reading hulk comics and (laughs) that that, that's that's sometimes why it's nice to be a comic fan um either before that or after that but before that uh we had one of our uh the atlanta one day comic shows the best one day show in the south and something happened at this show that has never happened before in the history of me going to the show i found everything i wanted to find that day cheap i wanted to get my hulk my my full run of hulk from 200 on to just after peter david left i wanted to get that solid and it was all in $2 boxes except one issue. So not only did I get the books I wanted, I got them cheap. Uh, the only thing that cost me any money was Hulk number 200. And now I'm trying to figure out why that book is so, uh, you know, goes for such a, a pretty penny. Because there's nothing special about the story. It's not double-sized. It's not a bad story. There's just not anything to it that makes me go, Ooh, 200th issue. This deserves some praise. Uh, But now I have the entire Roger Stern run of the Hulk, and I'm looking forward to reading that, including annuals, because they were in there too. Because I think Stern, from the little I've read of it, had an excellent, excellent run on the Hulk. And I even found, for two bucks, the annual that Byrne drew... Uh, with the Hulk and Angel and Doc Sampson. I don't know if you've ever read that, Scott or Chris. I think uh, I have that, actually. Does, didn't Frank Miller do the cover of that, maybe? I think, th- I think he did. Uh, no, I think it was a burn cover, actually. I, I'd have oh, to okay. Look at it again. 
But uh, so uh, the only thing I had to release, which really upset me that I had to do this, uh, they had a UK Hulk annual. Uh, and I've recently gotten the, the, the fever for these because Andy Leyland of Hey Kids Comics uh-huh. and one of the listeners of From Crisis to Crisis in this show and a bunch of the other shows that, that I do and that you guys do, Alan Leach Jr. sent me one uh, for my birthday. He found one. Uh, he had one in his collection and he just sent it to me as a birthday present. Uh, so I've been like, ooh, I'd like to get some for the other characters I like. And they had one. They had a Hulk UK annual for 12 bucks. And really, for the UK stuff, that's a pretty good price. Because I went on eBay looking for Spider-Man UK reprints. Yeah. And they're freaking expensive. Holy crap. I have no idea why. I really don't know why. But uh, I guess they're rare. I, I guess there is a reason. But... Um, but it was 12 bucks, but I had spent my limit, and I didn't want to go over. Because even though I had a little cash on me, I, I, I gave myself a budget, and I wanted to stick to it. So, uh, But it was fun just going through all the boxes and stuff. John Wesley Ship was supposed to be there, but from what I understand, he had some family uh, problems. Uh, if if the, the rumor going around the floor is to be believed, uh, his father wasn't uh, feeling well. And he had to be by his side. So I, I, I'm never going to begrudge somebody, you know, spending time with their family if they're sick. So, But it would have been cool to see The Flash uh, again, because I got to meet him in 2007. Other than that, um, Views from the Long Box is back, like officially, like with episodes out and everything. So that's been fun. Um, that's comic-y. Yeah, I, uh, I'm doing Happy Birthday, Spider-Man, which is an indeterminate amount of episodes worth of celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Wall Crawler, and that will be followed by Happy Birthday, Hulk. But more on my Hulk love uh, when we get to <laughs> Freaky Five. Happy Birthday, Hulk is just, yeah. <laughs> I just picture the Hulk birthday party. <laughs> but uh, Birthday party magician there. But no, it was, it, it's 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 you know I've I've been re- I've been reading a crapload of books lately. Uh, I've been reading some Silver Age Hulk, uh, getting into the Peter David era because of Pad Smash. I've been reading the Alien costume era of the Amazing Spider-Man, which has some really good writing and art in it. Uh, you guys probably read that right off the rack. I, I I never I never read that. That was about when I stopped reading Spider-Man. Was just before that, so I've never read it. What about you, Scott? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I was a big fan of that stuff. Just uh, I think I have some of it. I think I have a box of like the stuff from that era, so I have a bunch of them. I was gonna say when you brought up the new Fifty Two, now now next now it's it got put on hold because of this month's make Chris read a, a goddamn comic book, superhero comic book. But I'm doing Sandman for next next month. But uh, I I think you guys might. Should maybe assign me some of the new fifty-two because I'd like to see, as somebody who has no idea what the hell's go- going on, I I'm a literal blank slate on it. You know, maybe it, it might be. Well, uh, here's here's the thing. Um, that's a good idea because I'd be interested in your take on it. But at the same time, 
I have such a disconnect with the DC universe right now. It's almost like I lost a best friend. Because... Okay, so you don't want me dancing on their grave, is what you're no, saying. <laughs> no, I mean, if you want to, you may find something you like. It's just they have... I don't know. I will never forgive Jeff Johns for what he has done to Captain Marvel now. Or Shazam, because he's not Captain Marvel anymore. He's turned Billy Batson into a douchebag. Like, just an awful human being. Like Jersey Shore style? Uh, he's just hes just a jerk. He's just completely self-centered and... So completely the opposite of what he's yeah, supposed to be. Or has traditionally been, or whatever. And I, I saw some preview art from like the upcoming year's worth of stories, and they had Shazam... But he was wearing a black costume, kind of like Black Adams, except it was it was Shazam. And I'm like, are they really going in this direction? So I, I don't really want to get on a soapbox about how pissed off I am with DC Comics because it's counterproductive and it's kind of like yelling at the rain. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be able to change anything. But for me, they have they're turning slowly into the Marvel and image con like the, the bastard child of Marvel and image comics from the early to mid nineties. And when you look at the people on the creative staff, like Scott Lobdell and Rob Liefeld and, um, you know, I think Mark, Sil I don't know if Mark Silvestri is, I think he's still at Marvel, but you know, Will Sportaccio is coming over and doing more and more. And then you look at the editorial staff, of all of the Marvel editors from that era getting hired on and replacing in key positions. Not just, they just came on as an editor, we gave them a job, let's give them about three or four books and see what they do with it. Bobby Chase, who was an editor at Marvel for years and was the editor-in-chief of their Marvel Edge line when they split it into five different editor-in-chiefs. Uh, plus, she did the Hulk, so... You know, she's got good taste because she start, She did the just about almost the entire Peter David Hulk era. Um, she replaced Eddie Berganza as like the executive editor, and that's huge because Eddie Berganza was like integral into you know putting this new Fifty Two together. And I'm watching creative teams shift, and it's just like it's chaos, and I want no part of it. So I'll stick with the Superman books. I'll stick with world's finest because because it's paul levitz and george perez writing and drawing the huntress and power girl um so there's something no more yeah so so that but you know i'm going to stick with reading my you know my the books that i just haven't read yet you know i've got hundreds of spider-man issues that i can go through i've now got a good chunk of the hulk that i can go through if i want to go dc i've got choices there it's just, you know, it's kind of like I'm in a similar position to Scott. If, if I had the money, I'd buy an iPad 2 right now and load up all my books, as many as I can. And Because and, and, I think, Scott, I'd be very much like you. If I had them digitally, I'd probably burn through books like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, that's, like that's what I've been doing. Like I'd sit, like when Rachel's, you know, typing away on Facebook and stuff, I'd just be sitting there reading. And in bed before, you know, before going to sleep, reading. And, you know, between doing stuff, just reading. And, and just, uh, it's something I would have to save up for. But it's something that's when you jumped into it, I'm like, maybe it's time that I do the same thing. 
I've got this thing loaded up with pretty much an even split between things I've always wanted to read, and ironically, um, Silver Age Hulk is uh, is in there. I want to read. I, I want to start from Hulk at the beginning and read it right on through till at least through the Peter David stuff because I've never read all of that. You know, because I you know famously quit you know after that one issue that we've talked about before. So I'd like to read all the way through that. I'd like to read right up to modern if I could stand it. I I, I think it hit a stretch there where I probably wouldn't like it very much. But uh, you know, I, there's there's just a lot of Silver Age stuff that I've never read that I'd like to get kind of boned up on. And then anything basically in the last ten or twenty years that you know a lot of miniseries and stuff that I've always meant to read and just never made time for. I, I I've loaded the thing up with uh, with a ton of stuff like that, and I, I've. Uh, I've been just giddy, just burning through this stuff. It's awesome. I don't know what it is about about this format um, where I can read that much faster, but I do. I read comics so much faster like well, this than I do in the paper format. I think part of it with the paper format is you can cheat. You know, you can you can page ahead or you know whatever, get bored or you know pay too much attention to the ads or whatever. You know, and, and you have to fum- you have to take it out of the out of the bag and. Put yeah. it back in and yeah. pull it out, and find it in it, the yeah. box and pull it out. Yeah. Well, the the other thing too is, yeah, that that time the, the time saving. But yeah, I mean, when I've a couple weeks ago, I had to read some books for an upcoming podcast, um, and I and I didn't want to go digging for them, so I threw them on my laptop. I sat while we were watching TV, and between commercials, I sat there and read them, and it's uncanny because you're not flipping pages or worried about how you're holding it or anything else mm-hmm. that you just read and read and read and suddenly the issue's done and you're like holy crap where did the time go right but you still got as much enjoyment out of it as you as you previ- you know as you would the the paper edition so you know all things considered going digital will not be complicated it won't be hard it won't be the biggest um, it won't be like the biggest transition ever because I'm I'm kind of dipping my toe into that pond already. I just uh, I just think there are, there's going to be paper comics that I'm going to keep forever. Right. Oh yeah, and, that's that's never going to lose its appeal, but you know, and but there's going to be some where I'm going to be like, you know what? I'll I'll take a quarter of book just to get them out of my fucking house. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, you know. And and if you if for some reason something that you read digitally pushes that button, you can always go to the comic shop and buy it in paper if you have you know if you have right. to. So you have the option either way. So it's nice to have those two options, and it's and it's nice that media doesn't. It used to be to be a collector of anything, you had to have like a spare room. Or yeah. you know a, a wine cellar or something. Well, wine will never be replaced digitally, you know. But you know, it's 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 nice to have it, you know, just on a you know as bits of information, so you don't have to you know rent an extra thousand square feet <laughs> in order to to accommodate your. You know, back in the days of movie collectors, when they had to buy VHS, and you know they would have whole rooms. You know, Scott knows. Yeah. I, uh... I, I, I just fear that my comic collection is going to turn into the uh, storage area that they put the Ark of the Covenant exactly. in. Exactly. Raiders exactly. of the Lost Ark. That's my house. 
Yeah. Have to hire people to drive forklifts, and then you got to deal with the unions and beep 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 beep. Yep, and just I think it yeah. should be a pain in the ass. Speaking of pain in the ass, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back with the uh, with the Freaky Five and get Chris to read a goddamn superhero comic. How does that sound? That sounds good, man. Sounds great to me. <laughs> the number one box office opening of all time. Historically awesome. And it's one of the best reviewed movies of the year. You're gonna love it. Yeah. <laughs> the Avengers with a PG-13 now playing. Deacon the Geek is a podcast for the geek and everyone. Please join your host, Peregrine and D-Man, each week as they discuss all the things that geek guys love to talk about from the sci-fi, fantasy, and comic genres. For movies, TVs, comics, novels, and games, seek out Definitive Geek. Available on iTunes or at DefinitiveGeek.Podomatic.com. Just once, in a lifetime, does a podcast come along that pushes the boundaries of the medium that redefines what it is to be an internet radio broadcast that touches us reaches into us inspires us teaches us that causes us to re-examine just who we are and why we are that expands our horizons, that makes us completely rethink our destiny in this cosmos and our place in the grand design. Just once in a lifetime. But while we're all waiting for that podcast to be invented, why not give a listen to Hey Kids Comics? Hey Kids Comics is a smart, fresh, and hilarious podcast that looks at all kinds of fun and interesting topics related to the ever-evolving world of the comic book art form. You can find Hey Kids Comics at aplayland.podomatic.com. That's Hey Kids Comics. Sorry. Metabolism inches up too. And then it, it goes faster and faster. It's better to do it really slowly anyway. It's better to do it. it even even in the span of years, really, if you really want to train your body. Because if, you lo- if you lose a lot of weight, if you keep losing a lot of weight, it trains your body to put on weight faster and faster. So it's just like you have to just slowly, slowly, slowly. Are we ready to get back into this? Uh huh. Chris Honeywell, personal trainer. (laughs) I'll sit there and spot you with the weights with a cigarette dangling out of my mouth. It'll be my Mickey. Mickey. Come on, you pussy! Thinking of too. (laughs) Jesus, bum! Jesus, eat lightning and crap thunder. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Oh, I hope I turn into Burgess Meredith when I get old. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be an awesome 
way to age. I think you'll turn into Danny Burgess instead of Burgess Meredith. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> I'm happy with I'm 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 happy with either of those. You'll get the you'll get the slightly hard of hearing gods answering that prayer. <laughs> All right, here we go. Hello and welcome back to Comics Monthly Monday. This is Comics Monthly Monday number forty-one, and this is the Freaky Five segment of the show. This time around, our subject is the top five hardest geek out moments in the Avengers. Who wants Hardcore to geek out moments. <laughs> Actually, well, I, I rarely volunteer to go first, but in this one, I, I, I really want to. Go ahead. Uh, now, one of these I feel kind of bad about because it's not something that came from the comics, but uh, I'm good. Um, but I have become, and, and, and this movie made me kind of sad about it, I have become such a fan of Agent Coulson as a character through the different movies he's been in. Uh, you know, from his, like, really kind of in-the-background appearance in Iron Man, where at the end he reveals he's part of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, to, you know, his thing in Thor and his, and his role in Iron Man 2. Uh, there were a couple shorts that were on the Blu-rays of Cap and Thor of him, uh, one, which was really funny, which explained why Tony Stark was the one to go talk to General Ross at the end of the Hulk. And the other was him going to where Thor's hammer was before Thor showed up on Earth. And stopping at this convenience store, you see him trying to decide between powdered donuts and chocolate frosted donuts. And these two guys try to hold the place up. And he, like, gets their attention, and he throws them the keys, and then he's like, well, what am I going to do about this gun? And he holds up his gun, and they're like, well, we'll slide it over here, and he takes them both down, and then buys both donuts, because he can't decide. So, my my number five, I have titles for all these, is, so that's what that does. Because <laughs> Colson gets killed. I don't think he's dead. Scott and I talked about this. There's, uh, uh, I I know the actor's been signed for Avengers too. So, but uh, actually, from what I understand, Chris, I don't think he's dead because of something my wife said, which was something you thought as well. If I'm remembering the conversation I had with Scott, that basically he faked his own death to inspire them, and because of how they shot those scenes, and especially watching it a second time, you could totally have it that he's not dead. Uh, I was told I was crazy by some, uh, but this is what I believe. But the moment when Loki thinks he's he's got everything won, and he and Coulson fires that weapon, and it blows him across the room, and he goes, "So that's what that does." That made me geek out. Um, number four is the real Trinity. Uh, we have a really cool set of scenes of Cap fighting Loki in Germany. Uh, in fact, the, the scene where Loki was going to kill the old German man, there was this obnoxious asshole in the theater that when Loki threw down the scepter and Cap's shield blocks it, somebody went, hell yeah! And it was me. Uh, so I was the obnoxious <laughs> asshole in the theater, like, cheering like a little kid because... That's like the Superman moment in that movie for me. That's the moment that 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 inspired the Superman saves a day feeling for me. So you get him, Cap, and Iron Man teaming up for the first time. 
And then you have the whole fight between Thor and Iron Man and Cap gets involved. And then there's that moment when they all stand there and look at each other. And I'm like, I'm in a movie theater. It's live action. It's big budget. And on the movie screen, Iron Man, Thor, and Cap are all standing side by side. And it almost made me cry. Because I've always wanted this. Or something like this. But this is what I've gotten, so this is what I've wanted. And to me, Thor, Cap, and Iron Man are the trinity of the Marvel Universe. DC says that Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman are the trinity of the DC Universe. That's a marketing gimmick. It's a put-on. You look at the history of the Marvel U, and I'm not trying to discount the Fantastic Four or Spider-Man or the Hulk or any of those other characters, but of the Avengers, those are the three big guys. So seeing them on screen made me totally freaking geek out. Um, number three, Hulk versus Thor, which I didn't think we were didn't think that we were gonna get. Not it just never occurred to me. But then when it happened, I was like so free. I was like bouncing mm-hmm. up and down in my seat. And what I love about it is one, it was a good fight between the two of those characters. I mean. From from Thor, like, kneeing him in the face after the Hulk tried to pick up the hammer to just just the Hulk just pounding the crap out of him and then Thor getting that smile of, ah, a challenge. Uh, because Thor had a great character arc in his movie and it really carried over into Avengers. And it was no more apparent to me than when he's holding back the Hulk's arm and he calls him Banner doesn't call him Hulk. He's like, Banner, we are not your enemy. And I'm like, that is so freaking awesome. <laughs> because it was Thor trying to reach through the creature mm-hmm. and, and get to the man. And I, that was like a really hard geek out moment. Um, number two, damn near everything the Hulk did towards the end of the film. I am such a Hulk fan. So when Banner goes, well, that's the secret, I'm always angry, transforms into the Hulk, and then punches that thing into the ground. <laughs> and then immediately starts wiping the floor with the Chitari. I was just... <laughs> tears. Like, like literally. Like, almost crying, I am so excited. Because it's just everything I've ever wanted to see. Which leads to number one... Loki, the Hulk just told you to sit the fuck down. <laughs> Lay the fuck down. <laughs> that theater lit up both times I saw it. Theaters it was- around the country have been lighting up at that seat. You know, it's just it will go down. That will go down in cinema history as as an iconic movie moment. Because you know he confronts him. I'm like, how is this gonna play out? <laughs> and, and Loki's just like, stop! You, you cretin! You, 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 you... Th-. And the Hulk just grabs him and just starts smashing him into the ground. And the Hulk, Loki, the Hulk and, using logic. It was great. And, it, and it's Hulk logic. And I didn't get the line that he said the first time I saw it. Because the theater was just buzzing so Too much. Too loud, yeah. He's a puny god. But the look on Loki's face when the Hulk walks away, he looks like he's been raped. I mean, he's got that, uh, 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 when does happen? But not just raped, he was raped, like, by a full prison in the 
in the course of three seconds. Yeah, one minute he was standing up, strutting his stuff. The next minute, yeah, he's laying there sore. <laughs> uh, honorable mention, the creature, uh, the Hulk and Thor bring the creature down into Penn Station. The battle's over. Thor's standing there. Hulk's standing there. And just randomly, the Hulk punches it. Somewhere between Three Stooges and, and a cartoon. It was yeah. it, It's awesome. But it also summed... it. It, there was a theme in this movie with the Hulk where, you, if you notice, every second the Hulk isn't smashing, he's thinking about smashing. You see his fist clenching, yeah. and oh, even yeah. his fist pulling back, and then he's going, wait, no, no smash yet. So that was just like, you know, he's like, no, Thor, I still fucking hate you from <laughs> our last fight, you know? That was great. Right. But the Hulk was just such a surprise of this film. And this is something Scott and I were discussing the other night. You know, when he catches Tony at the end of the film and takes the full brunt of the fall, like, consciously, there isn't, they just happen to fall that way. He twists in midair so that when they hit the mm-hmm. ground... He's saving I, him. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's making it so this guy's not dying. So, just just as, as the Hulk being my favorite Marvel character and I didn't really care for the Ang Lee film I really liked the Ed Norton film Mark Ruffalo has surpassed Ed Norton in my estimation and I didn't think such a thing was possible but that's my that's my five list so I will I will now turn the floor over to the next guy hey you want me to go next there uh, Sicky? go ahead alright so my top five Avenger geek out moments is it, 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 and and I, I picked to go after Mike because my, my five dovetails with what we were just talking about. My five is Ruffalo is Hulk. I like, yeah, I thought I, I was kind of upset that Ed Norton wasn't coming back. But at the same time, I know he's a pain in the ass on the set. So I, I sort of understood that or whatever. But I like it. He takes a different take on it. He's got this sort of zen kind of almost stoner hippie thing going on he lo- he's a little chunkier and just kind of it, like his name he's kind of ruffled his hair's kind of screwy but he's he seems happy but there's something going on in there you know there's 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 something happening in there and he plays it subtly and yeah it just it, it, I, I really enjoyed him probably because I was was sort of being like, okay, the only thing I'm sort of lukewarm on is there's a different banner, but nope. Um, number four, gratuitous Harry Dean Stanton. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> and I gotta tell you, when when I first heard his voice, I'm like, oh, they got someone who sounds, that guy sounds like Harry Dean Stanton. That's funny. And then I see like his, you see him sort of, but it's dusty and he's got the light in his back. And then it, it's like, oh, it is Harry Dean Stanton. Yes, I, I just love Harry Dean Stanton. He's one of my favorite character actors. And to throw him in there is just beautiful without making it ridiculous, you know? It was, it was a great, you know, the scene wasn't like, let's put Harry Dean Stanton in here. It's just a, a great, I love how he throws him the dirty, dusty pants and he's like, here, and he's like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> that and you've got a condition, my friend. Yes. <laughs> Number three, there must be, and now that I've heard, there will be another Hulk movie. Yeah, that uh, be- changed over the course of a week. Yes, because 
And 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 I heard they've signed Ruffalo for six more Marvel movies. So that means the Hulk's not is gonna get a Hulk movie probably, maybe a Hulk movie or two, the next Avengers, and maybe might even show up in some of these other movies that are that you know the other sequels. There's gonna be a Thor two. There's gonna be a Black Widow. Iron Man three is coming out. So Captain America two's, um, you know, a, a done deal. I heard. So. So there's good and yeah and because in this movie and you know and of all the other Marvel movies the Hulk was probably the sleeper of the bunch it was actually my favorite of the bunch but it was kind of the you know the the one that was sort of the black sheep of the bunch but now yeah I saw a thing on Tumblr where it was like people's favorite pre-Avengers movie and it was like Iron Man 1 Iron Man 2 you know um Captain America and it's like after Avengers, it's like Hulk, <laughs> the Incredible Hulk, <laughs> Iron Man One, just, Iron Man Two. And I'm trying to figure out where they're going to go with it, um, because he is in kind of a weird place. Uh, so I, I guess at this point, we just have to see everything go to hell. <laughs> I just, yeah, I I don't care, man. I when 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 the Hulk, and I think this goes for almost universally, is when the Hulk. When Banner turns into the Hulk, some part of your reptile brain lights up and just goes, "Yes, destroy everything." See, even the dog oh, no, that's, is that, getting that, wound that's up. That's not the reptile part of my brain. That is like <laughs> my frontal lobes, dude. I get such a visceral thrill. Over oh yeah, I make. I went, when when I was in the movie theater and the Hulk start becomes unleashed, I had my fist clench and I'm just like, "Go get him!" Yeah, you know, it's it's it's. Yeah, it's visceral. So, yeah, there, there, there will be more Hulk. Mo- there will be there, there will be six more Hulks in some form in movie form. Uh, my number two is uh, all the actors play it straight. Nobody, nobody makes an ass of themselves. Nobody chews the scenery any more than they have to. Um, all their characters, especially this, especially goes for Thor and Captain America. They really, you know, they, they, they take their characters head on and for what it's worth when, you know, when as, as, a, as, as a pretty devout atheist, the, the whole Captain America jumping out of the plane and going, you know, there's only one God, man, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't look like that and jumping out of the plane. That, but I was just like, yes, <laughs> exactly. That's Even my exactly wife was Captain cool with America. that. Yeah, that's what Captain America would say. That is... That is coming right out, right out of the Boy Scout mouth of Captain America, and it's not done with a wink and a nod. It's not done with any irony at all. It's not done as a laugh. It, it, you know, it, it could have been that could have been a joke line. It could have been a laugh in the theater, but it wasn't. It was actually people were just like, "Yeah, go Captain America," you know, and uh, and that's what I liked about you know, it, it's. It's back to the Christopher Reeves method of be of superhero acting, you know, believe in it, believe in what the character is and 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 just play it and don't worry about how anybody's going to look at it as being corny or anything because uh there wasn't a corny mo- moment in this movie. Everything every emotion that it evoked was evoked honestly. And um, my number one geek out moment was seeing a full movie theater, no matter what time you go into the movie, with an audience getting rocked, you know, just 
jazzed for the movie you know and not even like i've been to a lot of movies like geek out movies where the audience is jazzed before the movie starts and then they end up just watching it or they're cheering through the movie and they're like yeah that was really good afterwards but this one when the when the movie starts and once you get sucked in you know it's it's i realize how rare it is and in rochester maybe it might be because we have a smaller population it's hard to go in a movie theater that isn't like just a trickle of people you know any multiplex you go into maybe i'll go at odd times but um both viewings of the avengers i saw have been in with full theaters and you know when when they get going you know you can feel the the energy of the crowd and that is a rare 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 thing these days you know i i think scott and i got spoiled being the age we were when spielberg was at his just absolute and lucas were at their absolute prime of churning out movies like this all the time but you don't see movies like this anymore and that's the that's the greatest thing is it's packing theaters it was bootlegged before the movie came out it's still making more money than anything in the world ever did before and uh and hopefully it will be a beacon for future superhero movies for many 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 years to come how about you scott you must have been able to scrape up five Oh yeah, it, <clears> it was hard to narrow myself down to five. I know. Honestly. Yeah, that, that's I know. The thing. That's why mine are so vague. If I went to like great moments of it, it's like yeah. it would be my top one hundred. You know. Yeah, because because there was something like literally every three minutes that I went ooh ooh. ooh. <laughs> they got that right. They got that right. How'd right. they get that right? But I, but I, but I want to echo your 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 earnestness. And the sentiment of, of every actor just completely buying into what they were... Every actor. Mm-hmm. No matter the smallest role, every actor believed in what they were doing. And what this film proved, beyond a shadow of a doubt, is that you don't have to have bullshit realism in your superhero film to make it a good movie that everybody wants to see. Joss Whedon basically said, you know what, this shit's supposed to be fun... So let's have some fun. Well, see, that's that's why I want to take exception to what Chris said about, you know, there's no corny moments in the movie. I I know where you're going or what you mean by that, but I would take exception that, no, I think the movie is chock full of corny moments. I like corny. Yeah. That's what comics well, are to me. You know, like, I remember thing, watching though. Superman mo- the movie with my wife a few years ago, and at the very end of the movie, when there's that great moment that I've, I have always loved, where... You know, it's it's the wrap up. It's the conclusion of the movie, and the warden says, "This country is safe again, Superman, thanks to you." No, sir. Don't thank me, warden. We're all part of the same team. Good night, and he flies away. And my wife just shook her head, and I was like, "What? She goes, that is so corny." And I said, "Yes, exactly. That's the point." You know. But but the I thing love is, that scene. he means it. The, uh, there's yeah. The thing about when I say corny, I, I have more of a negative commentation about corny. Maybe I should have used the word sappy instead. There's there's things that come off as corny and that because of their the awkwardness of the sentiment. This this had the corny sentiment, but it didn't make you go like, oh come on, right. you know. Exactly. It would never never at any point where you're just like, you know, somebody somebody's. Um, 
mouthing a platitude right now or you know saying something because they have to you know they have to say that line because it's their their corny line or or you know it, when when it the 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 corniness it expressed was earnest so but, uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't hit that saccharine part of you you know that's sort of like oh come on you know writers well, it's funny because that's the word that i've been using in reference to you know if there's one word you know, if I could sum the Avengers up in one word, that's the word I've been using to a point where I, you know, I am, I'm almost tempted to rename this movie Ernest Saves the Avengers. You know what I mean? Because, <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. That's, that's the word I thought of coming away from this movie was Ernest because everybody goes into it, like you say, just completely, you know, they both buy the part that, they're, that they have to do, but then they sell it to us. You know what I mean? I, I yes. I love that. Know what I mean? 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 Chris Evans was just amazing in this film. Yes. And at the end of the movie, where he walks onto that shield thing, and he calls somebody son, it was really weird because I'm kind of of the Mark Wade opinion that it makes him look old. But when he goes son, don't. I was just like, yes, sir. <laughs> I will do whatever you say now because you are Captain America. So I, I was just, it, he was complete. He was the same and yet completely different from how he was in Captain America, the first Avenger. It's amazing to see how he grew into that role. Well, and he's also, yeah, he, well, I, I, he's, he's much better and he's added in the whole, you know, fish out of water now. In Captain America: First Avenger, he was he was you know he he was the comic book id. He was the skinny little guy who all of a sudden could make his patriotic and you know earnest emotions actually physically viable. So he did you know so he like took it to the fullest, and uh, you know that that doesn't come off you know that that and and when he was doing that back in his day he was in his world and like you know sort of the the fulfillment of what he wanted to be and now all of a sudden i'm sure being in the and surrounded by gods and the hulks and you know all this technology and information you know it brings back that that the little guy in him a little bit you know it, it, it harkens back to being the underdog a little bit and he kind of suffers from that a little bit in the in the beginning of the movie he's kind of a little awkward with it but once you know he figures out you know he's captain america now he doesn't even have to figure out he's captain america but once he settles into it again you know there's no there's no turning back you know he's you can tell he's starting to think okay i i'm i could transpose you know what i was doing then is basically what i'm doing now just the ladies don't dress as as much and everything's bigger and louder well it's, anyway it's my sincere hope that uh that captain america 2 really focuses you know on the man out of time fish out of water elements strongly because that's something that you know only modern reinterpretations of cap's origin in the comics have, have really spent any time on 
strangely, you know, when when Cap was brought back in the Silver Age, they they really didn't touch on that much. I mean, he spent a lot of time, you know. Well, they're probably Bucky. more concerned with just getting him into into the you know, so they could start doing him in the modern times, you know. And right. they're like, okay, right. So they never. Well, he really... was constantly whining that he was a man out of time in the early Tales to Suspense comics. Yeah, but they didn't really. They didn't show it, you know. Show I mean? it, and they yeah. Didn't show him, okay. you know, feeling awkward with you know technology or. Okay, I know. see what you're saying now. I, I they do it very well in the Avengers movie, that's yeah. for sure. They have several really nice beats where where he hands Nick Fury the ten dollars. That was a really nice, and that's another Boy Scout you know moment for Captain America. He's like you know he remembered his bet you know, and instantly paid his debt. Well, for me, I, I tried to compose my my list of top five in in two ways. Is uh, both moments that you know, because it was really hard to narrow it down to just five moments that I loved in this movie. Because I love the the whole movie top to bottom. But it came down to to two criteria: one, things that I never ever 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 lit, expected to see, you know, on the big screen you know, pulled off successfully in my lifetime. Mm. And the other one was things that happened in the movie that totally allayed the fears that I had going into this movie. Because while I expected I would enjoy the movie, it just, it's, it really does beat the odds. I mean, how unlikely was it that this movie would not only, you know, be a decent movie, but that it would be just flat out freaking awesome, you know? I mean, by all rights, it shouldn't have succeeded anywhere near as well as it did. I know so, totally how you feel. That's so I, totally what I expected, too. So I really wanted to focus on, you know, what were the moments that made the movie for me? What were the moments where I said, okay, now I don't have to worry about that anymore type of thing? So anyway, number five, um, the first real geek out of the movie for me personally, the, this, was the mo- this was the selling moment of the movie. This was where I was like, okay, I'm totally into this movie now was when the uh, the little things, I don't know what they're called, when they deploy and the turbines start to spin and you realize that the aircraft carrier is actually the helicarrier and that it's about to lift off and actually fly. Never, ever expected that they would successfully pull that off on the street. If somebody had told me that that was going to be in the movie that they were going to you know try that attempt i i would allow i would think there's no way that that's going to work on people will not buy a flying aircraft carrier in in a movie they'll just laugh and and think it's completely ridiculous and they completely sell it in this i i bought it and i thought it was awesome and i really love that i mean i'm not the biggest shield fan in the world but the helicarrier is just one of those iconic Marvel Comics images that I really just never expected that they would put up there on the big screen, and it was really, really awesome. Um, number four, Hulk versus Thor. I, again, I didn't expect we were going to get there. What I really thought was going to happen, you know, all those teases we keep kept seeing of Iron Man and Thor in the forest and, and Thor smashing Cap's shield, I thought that either something happened where they were all after the Hulk or something, because I kept thinking the Hulk was going to be the bad guy in this movie or it was like a training exercise but I kept thinking that somehow the Hulk was going to be involved in that and as much as I like the scene and I agree with Mike, you know where they all come together and they're just talking in that clearing, as awesome as that was and it was something to actually tear, you know, bring a tear to the the eye of a fanboy, 
I was a little bit disappointed again that the Hulk wasn't in that part. And I kept thinking, man, I really hope we get the Hulk fight that that I went into this movie expecting. And then when that fight breaks out in the helicarrier between Hulk and Thor, that was that was what I went for. That was just incredible. It was really, really awesome to see those two powerhouses going down. And again, that was one of those fear allaying moments for me because I didn't as much as I, I really liked the the Iron Man and Thor fight, I didn't like how it looked like they were evenly matched until the very end of that fight where Thor crushes Iron Man's gauntlet and you kind of get the feel that, okay, he was just taking Iron Man's measure, but now he realizes I really am more powerful than this guy and I'm going to show him so. And that was, I think, re-demonstrated during the Hulk-Thor fight because the Hulk is so much farther beyond Iron Man's power level and here's Hulk, you know, here's uh, Thor holding his own you know, with the Hulk. I thought that was really... That was awesome. Um, number three, when uh, they're all together and Cap looks at the Hulk and just says Hulk and gets his attention and then he says smash. I, I love that. I mean, it was spoiled in the trailers, but it was no less awesome on the big screen. That was that was just a major geek out moment because... Well, you can't beat it in context because, yeah, you don't get that from the trailer where he's already told everybody else what to do well, and then... It- Right. And again, it's it's one of those things about where Evans really stepped into the role as Captain America yeah. and Robert Downey Jr. stepped back. That's a moment that, that's great because it's, it's really bringing out the best in both of those two characters because it's showing both Cap's authority and his humor. But then you get that moment with the Hulk. You know where the Hulk just gets that that grin on his face, like, "Oh yes, oh yes, I, I can now. I can let loose now. I can break loose." I, and it was great. I it, can do that. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was a, it was another one of those fear allaying moments for both of those characters. That okay, these these two characters are pitch perfect in this movie because in that that tiny little moment with two words exchanged, you know, it totally sums up both of those characters just the way I wanted to see them summed but- up. I think since the Hulk remembers so much of Banner, I think the scene where Cap and Bruce Banner meet on the helicarrier mm-hmm. and they shake hands, and Banner and Steve goes, "I've heard a lot about you." He goes, "Have you heard everything?" And he goes, "You know, I'm not worried." Basically saying, "I'm not judging you. I'm not going to give you a hard time. You're here because you're needed, so I'm accepting you as part of this group." Right. And I think that's why the Hulk was so receptive to Cap, even though he told him what he wanted he wanted to hear. I mean, it's just like... Right. But, but still, I don't think it would have been the same for Thor or Iron Man, you know. But for Cap, because of the relationship between him and Bruce, which I absolutely loved, even though it was a one small moment, that moment spoke volumes for a man like Bruce Banner, who is used to being hunted and feared. Absolutely. Um... My number two moment is, uh, you know, one of the simplest and quietest moments in the movie. But just when they're all talking around the briefing room table, and uh, somebody makes reference to the Wizard of Oz, and Cap just goes, "I get that. I understood that reference. I, I love that. That was a perfect little Captain America moment. You know, again, one of those fish out of water, man out of time moments that I, I was really hoping we were going to get, and I hope that we get more of." I really liked that. I, I thought that was just... It, it was a beautiful little moment in the movie. 
that was that to me was right up there on a level with uh you know with with Lois Lane you know screwing around on her balcony and then you get the little you know good evening miss lane that that one of those moments that just sells the movie for you mm-hmm. you know and sells the mm-hmm. character that they're that they're that earnest and and that they're they're really this this iconic americana uh, character that we've read about all our lives—that this is the actual embodiment of that person. That—that that was the that kind of moment for me. And uh, number one, again, going into the the fear allaying thing. My biggest fear going into this movie, the number one thing that uh, that I was most worried about and and really thought just wasn't gonna wasn't gonna work or wasn't gonna happen was. Uh, I was worried the most about Captain America. He, he's one of my absolute favorite characters. I have trouble picking my favorite character from this movie, but it comes down to Cap and Thor. Thor, I never, for some reason, I never had to worry about. As soon as he comes on the screen, from the from the very first moment he comes into the movie, I was like, well, well, there's Thor. He's fine. You know, he 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 was as awesome as he was in his solo movie, and I really wasn't fretting or worrying about Thor. But Cap, I continued to, to worry about the entire movie because he gets upstaged in his very first scene, you know, where, where Iron Man basically comes in and, and, and horns in on Cap's battle. And that bugged me. And so for the whole movie, I kept worrying about Cap, and I really did not expect that Cap was going to step up and be the leader. I thought for sure because of Hollywood politics that Iron Man was going to be the leader of the team. But in that moment where they all come together and Cap just starts pointing at each of them and barking an order, okay, you go do this, you go do that, I was just, I mean, tears well enough. You know, I was so happy that he really was Captain America and he was just the Captain America I wanted to see. The Cap taking charge, barking orders, he's the experienced soldier and he has enough presence as just a you know compared to these guys battle just, hard- just a battle hearted well he battle hardened but also i mean compared to these guys you know where you've got you know the guy in the techno armor you've got the giant monster that can level buildings you've got a god next to those guys he's just a man yet they you know they all you know jump at his command i i loved it i was just totally geeked out that was because his ego, he's the out. only one who doesn't have like major ego problems right right and, and oh. not problems but a major ego like thor is a god tony stark all of all of them have their own you know little thing but he's he's a boy scout you know he's right. yeah and but but here's here's the other thing and it was the great there are so many brilliant elements to this film, and I and I don't say that with any sense of hyperbole. I, I, I think this film is truly brilliant. Because Josh Whedon, in a two-hour and 20-some-odd-minute film, manages to encapsulate everything that is great about superheroes. Mm-hmm. I mean, superheroes. Something, like I said, I was, I was I kind of alluded to it before, but let's face it, we, we've gone outside of the Spider-Man films, I would say. We went through an entire decade of ass-clenching superhero movies where everyone was trying to be so goddamn serious right? and and realistic. And how does this work in the real world? That, you know, it, it's like, you know, somebody accused me once of changing my mind about The Dark Knight because of Scott. 
And oh, I think, right. <laughs> and I think that, and I think that one that's insulting to me, and I think that's insulting to Scott as well. Yeah. Um, I changed my mind about Dark Knight because I watched, I Wait watched it again. How, how is that insulting to me? It, I, it, I it, long it, said that more people should fall in line with my line of thinking. Well, here's I, the I thing. I say that all the time. Here's God the thing. Damn it, Here, Scott. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's Asshole. the thing, though. If somebody changes your opinion, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's it's the way people think about it. They think, yeah. well, well, they're they're friends, and Scott Gardner doesn't like it, so he's not gonna like it. Yeah, but exactly. If like, but if in the course of your conversations together, Scott Gardner made some points, and then you saw Dark Knight and said, okay, I I I see what he's saying there. You know, that's a that's a fair cop, man. People really should, you know, not, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's how it works. Scott, I hope you, I hope you realize that. Uh, I'm that sorry, I say that again. No, no, I didn't mean to derail your, uh, your, your thing. No, but the thing is, is that I looked at Dark Knight, and and I and I've said it again and again and again, and people have disagreed, and people have agreed, you know, to varying degrees, but you know, Nolan sucked all the fun out of Batman. Yep. By making him so serious, he sucked the you know the, the 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 one fun element that this is a guy that dresses up as a bat and goes and fights crime. That in and of itself, uh, you know, I'm not trying to be mean here. It's kind of a goofy concept, mm-hmm. but if you play it straight but still have fun with it, it go it's it's that spoonful of sugar that makes the medicine go down. Well, and it's also yeah. an Avengers isn't infantile or shallow either. It's it's not deep yeah. and adult and serious, but it's not it's not just it's not mindless, you know. It has characters with real, you know, real moments between them and stuff and it works and yeah, bat, you know, you could have some humor in the Nolan films and still make your point. And now I want to see one of those. You know, there's that website where that guy's been making the uh, the fake Brave and the Bold covers. You know, where Batman teams up with Batman and Mary Poppins. Mar- Batman, Mary Poppins. Yeah, I want to see that. Um, but the thing is, is that, and 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 I'm gonna make this point again when we talk about the ultimate. So I do apologize for repeating myself. But we 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 just went through a decade where everybody wanted to go the Miller route and, and treat these characters so seriously that I think it, it it we really forgot how much fun they are. Mm-hmm. And you know the X Men films, as much as I enjoyed them, they were very realistic and real world, and they're not wearing silly costumes. And, you know, Spider-Man, like I said, Spider-Man movies are the exception, but Daredevil was all angsty and serious. Ghost Rider was all angsty and serious. Superman Returns was god-awfully angsty and serious. And I, I, I think where all of those films ultimately... <sighs> Let me put it to you this way. Every comic book film I have ever seen in my entire life no matter how much I loved it, there has always been an element that I didn't like. Uh, you know, with Superman the movie, it's the can you read my mind scene. Uh, with Superman 2, it's um, uh, uh, the whole East Houston, Idaho thing, which I thought was just kind of unnecessarily bad in its execution. You know, going, you know, Batman, Batman Returns, all these, you know, all these films just, just never got it perfect. Avengers is the first comic book movie 
that I walked out of, and the worst thing I had to say about it was, I didn't really like Cap's helmet all that much, but it wasn't that bad. I mean, seriously, think about that. Think about a lifetime, 36 years of watching this stuff. And believe me, I've watched from the best to the freaking worst. I've seen the non-mystery science theater Puma Man. Because it was on one afternoon and I watched it. You know, I've seen the Condor Man thing with what's-his-name from Phantom of the Opera, which was god-awful. I mean, you know, Super Fuzz. <laughs> which was ostensibly a superhero film, you know, to, to, to the best and, and the brightest. And this is the one, and Joss Whedon is the one to do it. Because in, I don't know if either of you ever read his run on Astonishing X-Men. No. But he walked into that title. Huge push for this book, right? Joss Whedon, creator of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Firefly has a built-in audience already and in his first issue the first thing he says is we're wearing the costumes because we need to and that's when they went back to wearing the traditional x-men costumes and in this movie in one conversation between agent colson and captain america and i fucking cheered both times i saw the film where cap goes some might think that's old-fashioned and colson goes you know things being how they are with what's about to come to light, we're going to need that. And I'm like, that's what this country needs right now. This is the movie for today. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Damn, man. Yeah. Sorry. I, 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 no, I speak it, brother. <laughs> I love this movie so much. Oh, I know. It's, you know, I mean, I, I, it's, it, and it's always... I, I shouldn't say it's always so satisfying because it so rarely happens is that when you get something like this and go yeah exactly you know because when we gripe about not getting this it sounds like we're complainers who don't like anything but no yeah. you can get it you know sometimes it, it's actually possible for someone to, to make this and deliver it and I think the uh, movie going audience has spoken <laughs> And with their dollars as to how they'll respond to that and right it goes right back to episode one of two true freaks which if you distill it down to don't bitch about people not buying your shit if you give them good shit they will buy it and not only will they yep. buy it they'll dance around it and they'll throw money at it yep you know you know who i feel bad for this summer the guy that steps up and goes this movie sucked because he's going to be taken out back and beaten like a like a freaking rag. I he's hope gonna... the, No, there's a the, well, you know. I mean, uh, here's the thing. There's the contrarian. There's going to be the person who does that for attention. But um, I'm really interested to see if there's somebody who can put up a good argument for why this movie sucks. Yeah. If somebody could do it, I'm more than willing to uh, to an to analyze that and and apply it to what I saw. But the, the bottom line is, you're going to have a hard time finding somebody who actually can do that. There might be somebody after a while who can sort of academically do it. But, you know. I'll tell I you mean, right now, if somebody steps up that can do that, you know, that, that doesn't like this movie or, or maybe even outright hates it, but their argument consists of more than, well, it just sucks. You know, Josh yeah. Whedon. You know, Josh Whedon just sucks. If they can make a, an intelligent argument for why they don't like or even outright hate the movie, you know what? I, I'll do everything I can to help 
you know, so, uh, to to promote or whatever, you know, to, well, to bring I wanna, light I, to that because that person is going to be, you know, the the Scott Gardner of the Avengers as I was to Dark Knight, and I'm you know I'm still trying to get out from under that. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, but but they'll never be the Scott Gardner because. When when it all comes out in the wash, Dark Knight's still a piece of shit, and the Avengers is still just awesome. And that's not like something that's like coming out of my opinion hole. That's more coming out of the fact hole. <laughs> so, your opinion hole. <laughs> my big stinky opinion hole. But oh, that's a lovely I, image. <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean, and plus, I I do like to hear like when I see movies. <laughs> <clears throat> Pardon me. When I see movies that I really like, I like to go to Rotten Tomatoes and read the the can, you know, where they where they pan it because it's interesting to see how somebody sees it from a different point of view. And I, I would uh, be, I would be very interested to see someone like who was who had good valid reasons to tear yeah. this movie apart. It would be a very interesting read or listen or however they present it. I'm not saying that. I, I I think the guy sh- or gal should be tarred and feathered. I just feel kind of bad. But they will be. Them. Yeah, they will be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that, that 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 my statement. I realized when I said oh, it that I. Oh, you're right I, though. No, you're totally right. Yeah. So it, it was it was more of just God. You know, it, they will be pilloried. They will be made an example of. It's, it's it, like the guy shouting the N-word in the middle of Harlem. You just on some level, you just feel really really bad for him. Yep, so. or, or you hope that he can at least run his ass off. <laughs> <laughs> That's Kentucky Fried. Isn't that Kentucky Fried movie? Is oh the, yes, yeah. I can't remember. Is, from, yeah. I yeah. think there was a Super Dave Osborne. World's, it was World's Greatest Stunt or something like that. And yeah, he was the dressed up like like Super Dave or something, and he went yeah. and, into the 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 yeah the the ghetto and. Well, there were like yeah. a bunch of pimps. Yeah, there, there, there they were go. A bunch of pimps what playing the hell like. What are you just saying? <laughs> they go chase him down. Yeah, they're all, they're all playing dice. It's like the, yeah, just you're staying in an alley playing dice, and they're just like, what? <laughs> it's funny because it does take about five seconds for them to process that that just right. happened, and then it's like the switchblades come out. <laughs> it's been said that the test of a man's courage is how he performs in the face of danger. Well, in the next half hour, you're going to meet a very unique breed of cat. The kind of man who doesn't know the meaning of the word fear. Rex Kramer, part-time airline mechanic, full-time daredevil. A man willing to risk his life for the sake of adventure. He has to chase it, confront it, and whip it. Rex Kramer, danger seeker. Anyway, yeah, we have uh, completely shot. We love the Avengers. The pieces on this one. All right, well, do we want to take another break or do we want to forge ahead right into. Uh... Get Chris to read a goddamn superhero comic. Comic. All right, well, everybody knows what the next segment is. 
It's been a few. It's been a few months, but it is time for make Chris read a goddamn comic book. Hi, I'm Chris. <laughs> Doesn't even know the name of his own segment. That's <clears throat> sad, isn't it? Hello, I am Chris Honeywell, and welcome to make Chris read thirteen goddamn comics. <laughs> it is okay, really, because I saw the Avengers movie and still have a massive nerd boner for Avengers stories. Anyway, this is the story of how the Avengers are called the Ultimates, and they all look like actors before the Avengers did in the movies. These guys are a little different than I remember. Bruce Banner is kind of an immature weasel, and when he becomes the Hulk, he is like a frat boy on Viagra and threatens to rape and poop on people. Ant-Man is a wife beater, and not the t-shirt kind, but the kind, th uh, but that gives us a chance to see Captain America beat up a 60-foot naked man. Why wasn't that in the movie? <laughs> then we meet Thor, who is a hippie now and spends his time smoking Asgard hemp and listening to Alex Jones, apparently. Anyway, the Ultimates get to fight space reptilians right out of They Live. They are the Chitari, like in the movie, but with 200% more Nazi going on. Well, as you know, everybody and their mother hates Nazis, so forget about space lizard Nazis. S.H.I.E.L.D. finds out that they have teamed up with the Micronauts and have a ba base in Micronesia. They get the team together and to kick lizard butt, but it's an Akbarian trap, and they find an empty base that blows up real good. Meanwhile, S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters is taken over by the Nazi space freak whatevers with only Mrs. Wasp lady to hold them off. Well, when everything looks bad, it turns out that Iron Man shielded everybody who wasn't a red shirt in Micronaut land, and they come back and release the Hulk. Captain America learns an important lesson. If you tell the Hulk that your old lizard Nazi enemy wants to slip the Knockworth to Betty Ross, then the Hulk will kill them and then eat them. This is very <laughs> handy to know. So blah, 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 body count in the thousands and property damage in the tens of billions later, the, uh, the um, Ultimates are now official heroes after saving the Earth. Ant-Man, after contributing pretty much nothing, tries to sweet talk his way back into his old lady's pants, but she is already getting ready to bump uglies with Captain America. There is a message about domestic violence in there somewhere. Also, Tony Stark <laughs> tries to have sex with Laura Bush, which is wrong on at least five different levels, but at least it's not Barbara Bush. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a few people in Guantanamo Bay for things like that. Anyway, I liked all 13 of these comics. Mark Miller did a good job. I liked it better than that stupid 300 comic he did, even though I liked his artwork on Daredevil. The end. <laughs> nice. Bravo. Thank you. 13 comics. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. Yeah, but didn't they read like four? Oh, yeah, they were. They, they, I enjoy. I actually I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, it was really fun to see how much the movie was influenced by this oh yeah yeah it, but it's very meta in a reverse meta sort of way it's weird i, I almost can't read this book anymore why 
because it, it does exactly what Nolan did with the Dark Knight and did it to the Avengers. Uh, um, I was wondering if that was a new thing about the Hulk or if that was sort of the Hulk, the way the Hulk has become now. No, so it, if it, it was a big it, departure. It was kind of... It's so... I'm so emotional about this issue, but then again, I'm a very emotional reader, so I guess that, that only makes sense. But the fact of the matter is, is that as much as, you know, I, it's not that I hate this story. Oh my god, I got a new, I'm sorry to horn in like this, but I got a new character for you. Instead of easy reader, you can be emo reader. <laughs> get you a little yeah, theme song and yeah, but then I gotta listen to shitty music and grow my yeah. hair out. Have some I mean, Fallout I, Boy play it in the background. Yeah. Emo is is the second cousin <laughs> to hipster, and I think I've made it pretty clear that I have. What your stance on his hipsters are? Yeah. yeah, I've declared a war on hipsters, so those fuckers can die in a fire for all I care. Uh, even though they'll die ironically, because no one has ever died in a fire like the fire that they died in. Um, Dude, look, I'm dying in a fire. <laughs> But, uh, and and one guy's gonna say I died in a fire years ago before anyone else was doing it. And it's just fucking annoying. Um, you know the, the artwork in this thing is beautiful. Uh, it is a very well thought out take on the Avengers. And at the time it came out, it was it was very, rather groundbreaking. Uh, and it divided a lot of comic book fans, mainly because there were people who were more traditionalists, and then there were the people that were wanting to you know, embrace this sort of thing. But I think, you know, the Ultimates kind of more so than, than Ultimate Spider-Man and even Ultimate X-Men kind of said, we're in a new universe, let's do something different. Uh, I absolutely hate the take of the Hulk on that, in this in this book because I am, a, I am a firm believer and the Avengers movie proved it to me, which is probably why I feel so strongly about this, is that the Hulk is a hero first and a danger second. And here he is treated as nothing... But He's something a flat out murderer, and 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 just and 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 yeah, it, it separates him from the regular Hulk. But that doesn't mean I have to like it. But when I read this, I realize that this is everything the Avengers is the the movie the Avengers isn't. They took Josh Whedon took this concept basically took this this template as a story, and said, okay, here's how we do it when they're not a bunch of assholes, and. The, you know, the, there were moments in this I liked. I liked the first issue and seeing the whole World War II sequence. I thought that was kind of cool. I think they played with the, and, and Scott was talking about this before, the man out of time elements were kind of cool, especially mm -hmm. when he moves back into his old apartment, which is now in a shitty neighborhood, and across the street he sees people stealing his crap and he goes and kicks their asses. I mean, that's kind of funny. And I, I have to say that I kind of had a little cheering moment when Cap went and took down Hank Pym after what he did to uh, to the Wasp. And, and not only that, made him grow first so he could kick his ass that way. Not just, I'm going to take the scrawny version of this guy. No, you get as big and bad as you think you are, and I'm still going to take you down because I'm mm -hmm. Captain freaking America. Um, you're going to have no excuses yeah. for getting your ass kicked. So... But at the and 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 there 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 is a there there is a sense of fun to this, and I really like and I kind of like Thor, but when I reread it, I was just like, wow, the movie I just saw was so much more fun than this. <laughs> so I maybe it's I, unfair. I didn't buy the whole thing as Thor. Thor is a peace activist sort of that that sort of character is 
and uh, as a semi-pacifist, you know, or, or on the on the pacifist side, you know, he's Thor. He's God of Thunder. He's war. He fights wars all the time. You know, he, he comes from a very martial society and stuff. And to have him be some sort of weird Greenpeace character, while you know, I'm not averse to that philosophy. I just didn't. It you know, it was it was it was one of those. Like pseudo Alan Mori type things, where someone's like, "Okay, let's we we need to come up with a twist on Thor," you know, and and Thor's twist didn't work as well as everybody else's twist. Everybody else's twists worked pretty well, but I gotta agree with you on the it was it was the Avengers movie without the with you know I mean you know the the whole domestic violence sub story while being fairly complex for it with you know after captain america beats him up you know the the wife is kind of hostile towards captain america which is very realistic in those kind of cases but that's not why i read comic books when i want comic books to have a domestic violence issue i want it to be a very special issue of captain america you know what i mean or maybe in the in the sunday newspaper or something you know i i, I don't need it to be sort of part of the or if it is part of the other everyday life, you know, simplify it. That's what comics right. are for, making things kind of iconic and, and presenting them in that, that fashion, you know. And uh, as, but, much, as much as I really was hoping to get that iconic shot of Giant Man, you know, holding up the building... For like we see in this, you know, in this series, you know, when the Hulk's on his rampage and there's that moment where, you know, it's a full page splash of these tiny New Yorkers looking up at, you know, 60 foot giant man holding up a building. I think that's a beautiful image. I mean, Hitch's artwork in this is just absolutely gorgeous. Yes. And I would love to see that on the big screen because I think with today's special effects technology, you can now do movies about you know shrinking or growing like that that won't come off you know looking like you know the incredible shrinking woman or something like that you know they'll be believable <laughs> but i at the same rate i i am really glad that um giant man and the wasp were dropped from this movie and in a way i kind of hope that we never do see them in an avengers movie if we're going to get the inevitable um, domestic violence thing because I'm I'm sick to death of that you know mm -hmm. because of this story now retroactively Hank Pym in the regular six one six universe is this rampaging wife beater that he never ever 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 was in the real universe I mean that whole thing with with him hitting Jan came down to a, a one hand you know a, a, a one time backhand. You know, in one Jim Shooter story when the guy was off his rocker. I mean, yeah, should he have hit her? No. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, it was it was wrong. You should never, ever hit a woman. But, I mean, he didn't beat her ass. You know what I mean? He didn't. It's not like in this story where it's a full-blown war between the two of them, you know, where he's trying to kill her. It's a, it's a more realistic more domestic a, violence thing where they're both, right. you know, they're they really both. go at it, yeah. Yeah. Whereas in the original story, you know, it, it was more of a, you know, bitch, get off me. You know, and he cuffs her out of the way kind of thing. And that was it, you know. So I, I don't like that. Twi I mean, Hank Pym's not, you know, my favorite character anyway. 
but I just I hate to see a character taken and and twisted into something they never were. It, it it really does bug me in that aspect. So if that's a story that were you know is inevitable, if those characters make the leap to the big screen, then I just assume they never do. Here, here. <laughs> Um, it's, I'm really, I'm, I'm kind of taken aback by Mike's reaction to this. I, I, I don't know what I was expecting exactly, but uh, it's funny for me because I remember when this came out and the big splash that it made, and I remember friends trying to get me to read it, and, and people kept asking me, you know, what, it, you know, for my opinion of it, and I purposely avoided it. I was very opposed to the whole idea of Ultimate Marvel. I, I thought it was a terrible idea. And it wasn't until I chanced across Ultimates, uh, the first two issues in, uh, like, I think it was a quarter bin, that I just, I went ahead and I was like, well, you know, I can't pass this up for a quarter. I'll, I'll get it and see what the big hubbub. And that was really just a couple of years ago. I mean, so this book is now, you know, well over 10 years old. So it was way after all the hype and all that. And, uh, and I started reading it, and it intrigued me enough to actually go and, and read the whole series. And I actually found that I enjoyed it a whole lot, but I think it speaks volumes that I've never read beyond it. I've read the original one. I, th- I liked it. I thought it was a good one-time, you know, alternate universe type of story, yeah, and that was it. Yeah, that's I had, how I look at it. Yeah, I had no, you know, no interest to read uh, Ultimates 2, or I heard Ultimates 3 was terrible, you know, I just I look at this as a, as an Elseworld, you know, a what if story. You know, what if the Avengers formed today kind of story or something like that. And there's certain takes, like Mike said, there's certain takes on certain characters I don't like. The Hulk one. Now that Mike says that, I can kind of see where he's coming from. And yeah, now that you know you laid the story out that way, yeah, that does, actually does bug me in a way that I, I guess I never even realized. But the one that has always bugged me was Thor. I think when you strip the grandeur off of Thor. And make him just a hippie, it, it it really damages that character. So I don't like that take on Thor in this. I, I really would like him to be well, they, pretty they much. They could have made him a Thor hit. They could have. It didn't feel like Thor as a hippie. They could have made it. If if Thor was going, if I I would see if Thor was going to follow that philosophy. He wouldn't be like on a Greenpeace boat. He would be flying around swinging his hammer, taking out you know. Doing the Superman thing, like flying all the nuclear weapons, right? Yeah, nu- yeah, nuclear weapons into the sun, and see, I and would stuff like, like that. that, and just be like, and and be like, what? You know, I'll I'll take I'll I'll fix these humans. You know, right. why would I have to worry about being, even though he's been humbled and, or well, I don't know what his ultimate history is with the, the humans, but I don't see him as being sort <laughs> of like, I'm a pacifist and I'll go and lead protests and be like this, fa- like. That people think I'll, they'll think I'm a crazy Norwegian guy, right? You know, who thinks See, he's a god and stuff, and th- and they sort of take the thunder thing as like, yeah, he can uh, he can do the thunder thing, but everybody's like, I don't know about the god thing, you know? Right. Yeah, no, I I don't see that. I don't see as a god or even as a god who's been has can identify with the humans. I don't see him if people aren't. Are you know being like ah I don't care if they think I'm a god or not you know whatever you know no no he wants everybody to know he's a god even though he's a good guy he right. you know he still wants everybody to know like no no we're 
we're different. <laughs> right. Well, I, I didn't like that he doesn't he doesn't speak in Thor speak in this one. I mean, you, you know, you don't have to play it real thick, but I like a little Thor speak being in there, and he didn't have any in in this story, and that that bugged me a little because basically he just comes off looking like a super powered hippie. You know, he there's nothing godlike. There's nothing really Thor like about him, and that that bothered me. I would really love to see the Thor in this be much closer to. Um, I believe it was Dan Jurgens that that wrote the story where basically Thor decided to resume more of a god-like presence on Earth in this really good run of uh, of the second volume of Thor. And it was a story that was really exciting because he started to get involved in earthly matters and there was a, a really good story where he comes to blows with some of the other Avengers because he takes a stance on some like war situation or something in, in some Middle Eastern, you know, I, I'm pretty sure it was a made up like Middle Eastern country. And it, it puts him at political odds with the system basically. And so I remember Iron Man being one of the characters. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Cap was in it too. Cause yeah, he actually ends up denting cap shield, which was a big geek, you know, big fanboy geek out moment at the time. Where Thor basically decided, you know, he he wanted to be a god again on Earth. He wanted worshippers, and and you know, so he started to get involved in earthly matters, and you know, borders be damned. He he just looked at it as a matter of I'm above all that because I'm a god, and it was great. I would I would like to see that version of Thor in this story more than the the watered down you know, tree hugger version that we get in this. I don't really care for that. His, but. his involvement with <clears throat> the Ultimates doesn't make as much sense with that character either. It, well, he that's just sort of, yeah. He just sort of shows up at the opportune moments and and does his thing, right. you know, it, it, just in the nick of time. So, yeah, I, I thought... Everybody else I thought was pretty well... It was really well written. But yeah, it is. It is really well well written, and I enjoy it. You know, but again, as a standalone thing, mm -hmm. you know, this was part of a bigger tapestry, which was you know the Marvel, uh, or excuse me, the uh, the Ultimate Universe, and you can see snippets of that, you know, with references to Spider Man and the X Men and stuff like that. But I think still it, it stands on its own as pretty much just a one off you know, alternate universe tale. And, and I enjoy it just on that level. And what really sells it for me is that I agree with, with, uh, you know, very strongly with, with Mike's criticisms that it, it's, it's too Nolan ish. It's too real world. It's, it's way too dark. But what I, what I like about it is that cap brings the light to this story. Cap's a little bit more of, of kind of a jerk than I'd like him to be, but still when he's sincere in this, he's really sincere. It's it's funny that you use that word because that's always been my kind of description of Ultimate Cap is God he's kind of a jerk. <laughs> he he but, is, but at the same rate, you know, there's moments in this where it's a fine line between the classic Cap and a Cap that you know. I mean, if you were basically the ultimate alpha male, then you, the tendency is you'd probably you'd probably be a little bit more of the asshole, you know. High high school football captain than you would you know the 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 
um, selfless Boy Scout that everybody loves. You know what I mean? You'd probably tend to be more of an asshole than you would somebody that everybody lo- really likes. You know, I, I, I'm just I'm I'm imagining that's probably what the case is because you look at most you know, super jocks or whatever. And, and most of them are, they're not really likable people because they, they do tend to be overbearing and that sort of thing. So those tendencies come out in him in this story, but when he's, you know, reined in and he's Freud just, rage. Yeah. Yeah. That, he bit yeah, the head exactly. off a kitten. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but the, the, the only thing I'm going to say to that, um, because you make a you make an excellent point, uh, is Steve Rogers at heart wasn't that guy. Right, he was the the small guy that wanted to make a difference. So, and, and I think Captain America: The First Avenger, as a film, pointed out so beautifully, is that you know uh, you have to be a good man, and. Right. Well, 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 Captain America wasn't born to it. He he came up to it from nothing, right. you know. From so, nothing. so not to take anything away from what you just said, Scott. The flip side to that is, um, if if that's the case, if he became the alpha male because of the super soldier serum, then that kind of to me diminishes the character a little bit because that means he's betraying a little bit of who he was. Again, you know, he he does have some great moments. I mean, Cap comes from an era where if somebody hits their wife, you take him out back and you beat the shit out of them, mm-hmm. uh, which is essentially what he just he does here. And, you know, you you can't help but laugh at do you think this A stands for France? Uh I feel really bad for Brian Hitch because soon after this issue hit, he didn't know about that, uh, he said, and he had to go to a comic convention in France. <laughs> <laughs> and hot uh, French copies of it. Yeah. And completely sold uh, Mark Miller under the bus <laughs> by going, that was him. I had no idea. Never <laughs> Didn't know anything. Um, it's really interesting, though, that this is, you can tell that two, Brit- two people from the UK did this book. Because it's a decidedly British take on superheroes, almost in that Alan Moore tradition of looking at superheroes, right? Giving so, them wrinkles and twists, and right, and that's not that's not an insult. That's just an observation. No, yeah. Well, I think the best thing to come out of this, though, is that you know, at, at the end of the day, it is a pretty solid story. We got you know, Samuel was, L. Jackson exciting. as Nick Fury. That's what came out of. Well, this. yeah. But I mean, you know, you you take this take, which is you know very adult and and very dark in a lot of ways, and you temper it, you know, so that it it can be m- you know more all ages, and you know you get a fantastic animated movie out of it. And now you know, I I wouldn't say they straight up adapted this for the Avengers movie, but they used a, a whole heck of a lot of elements from it, you know, mm-hmm. for the Avengers movie. But they they maintained enough of the flavor of the classic Marvel universe and and those characters that again tempering it for you know for a movie going audience I, I think you get the best of both worlds you get a story with with a lot of action a lot of dynamic stuff a lot of great character moments and you jettison you know more of the the darker and and more adult and and you know frankly the the more unsavory elements of the story that might make you uncomfortable or just seem out of character 
and you wind up with a really, really good story. Because as much as I enjoy this, I think Ultimate Avengers, the movie that spun out of it, was fantastic. Because, you know, that's, you know, being an animated film and arguably, you know, something that, that you know, that's for kids or at least kids are, you know, you know, people are going to present to kids or allow kids to watch. You couldn't have all that darker stuff in there. So leaving that stuff behind, I think, just makes it a stronger story. And with a great score. Yes. Absolutely fantastic score. What, do we have anything more on this one, or do we want to tease uh, the, the project that's spinning out of it? I think you've led into that perfectly. It's like we're professionals or something. I know. What's, what's Some of the time. They got to start paying us if we're going to be professionals. <laughs> <laughs> well, what we've decided to do, folks, is uh, you know we're we're still riding that high from the Avengers movie, and just talked about the uh, the Ultimates comic. We've decided we're going to present you folks with a commentary for Ultimate Avengers, the uh, the animated movie. So come back soon and uh, and we'll have that up on the feed where you can enjoy that uh, watching it along with uh, with what I think is a really fantastic movie I'm really curious to see what you guys think about that when we get into it we have anything else for, uh, for this time around fellas go see Avengers again yep a couple more times savor yep. it love yeah, if, every moment if you saw it in 3D go see it in 2D if you saw it in t- 2D you can go see it in 3D uh, I if you saw it in 2D and 3D, you can go see it on IMAX. You know, uh, I, can't, I can't do 3D because of because of my my freaky vision. But uh, I wonder what Maria Hill's ass in 3D is like. That's <laughs> I be wish I had. Epic. <laughs> I'm just wishing I had freaky vision. <laughs> you can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy, and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. Anytime you plan to visit Amazon.com, please be aware that if you use the Amazon.com link located on our website, www.2TrueFreaks.Libson.com, 2 True Freaks will receive a referral bonus for any items you purchase. There is absolutely no additional cost to you whatsoever for doing this. All proceeds go directly toward keeping new episodes of all your favorite 2 True Freaks affiliated podcasts rolling, and it really helps us out. So please... Use our Amazon.com link anytime you plan to visit Amazon.com. Visit our website at 2TrueFreaks.Libson.com. 2TrueFreaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Libson is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. You can email 2TrueFreaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com, where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. Dumbass. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook too. 
if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. Oh, yeah!